Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we're off the edge. It's episode five. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And we got a packed show for you today. Before we can get that to you, though, we need you to either subscribe, comment, rate, review, wherever you are listening or watching this show. Uh, But we're going to get right into it before we do. Let's go over to the betonline.ag read over here. It's your number one source for all your basketball basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So Cam, we actually had a burning question picked out Uh, which was just going to be like what we did yesterday, kind of a continuation. We're going to talk about the wide receivers, the tight ends and the corners are three sleepers each at those positions. But Cam, something came up this morning and we did just talk about bet online and we just talked about betting. Uh, (laughs) But let me just say right now, this is a little different. This isn't like your uh, everyday citizen betting. This is an NFL player or two or three multiple players uh, are being suspended six games for placing non NFL bets. So let, let me be very clear about this non NFL. Okay. But the NFL has a strict policy. You can place non NFL bets, but you can't place them anywhere near an NFL facility. That's a team plane. That's a team facility, whether you're in the cold tub, like we always joke about or whatever, you cannot do it near an NFL facility. I think it's fair. You know, people will say, okay, you know, it wasn't on NFL bets. That's ridiculous. The policy is in place. And Cam, what are your thoughts on today's suspensions uh, with Jamison Williams and so forth? Yeah, it's it's tough to see, right? You saw Calvin Ridley, top of his game, and got suspended in 2022 for sports betting. And it's it's tough. Like you said, our our podcasts, our our shows are sponsored by Bet Online. And so, you know, I'm a former player now, Jake. And so a lot of times when people ask me, hey, are you allowed to do betting shows? Are you allowed to engage in this activity? And for me, I just my best thing that I say is just I can talk about the strategy of it, but I don't want to really engage in it because number one, like I know I work for a company that works with the NFL. So I gotta be super careful about that. And then two, I think it's just great habit and great practice. Um, the, the approach to betting, Jake, as a, as a player, the way that I look at it, right, is kind of like social media where it's like, hey, like if you post something, if your parents or family members wouldn't appreciate your post, you probably shouldn't do it. So when it comes to betting, I don't jump into it because I know that there's ramifications for it. So I just kind of stay away from it. Of course, like when it comes to, you know, the NCAA pools, March Madness, stuff like that. I'll dabble in it. I might create me a bracket, but I won't really go that far into it. And so that's just me. I'm a little conservative with this. Some other folks are risk takers. And, you know, your Calvin Ridley's and some of the other, these other players that got in trouble for it, they're the risk takers. And so my, my suggestion to the folks, you know, especially these rookies, these young cats, you know, coming into the NFL and just folks in the sports industry in general, 
if you play professional sports, I would understand game theory. I would I would figure out right the the back end of it and what goes into it. But I wouldn't suggest jumping into it like that, right? You can go to Las Vegas and you know do your thing there. But outside of that, I would I would stay away from it. Um, clearly, with this situation here, some of these young men were gambling um, through other sports, right? It's the NBA playoffs. You know, as a football player, we always want to play basketball, or we also play other sports. Be a rapper, be an artist. We always want to do other things outside of our profession, and that makes a lot of sense. But clearly, doing that here got them in trouble. So. Like I said, the message to the upcoming rookies, to the folks in the sports industry, when it comes to sports betting, to be honest, I would stay away from it. Understand the strategy, understand how to talk about it and navigate it, but I would just stay away from it to avoid situations like this, Jake. I mean, you know, in 2020, I know there was a, another uh, Josh Shaw who got in trouble for sports betting as well. We haven't seen him since then, you know, and, and we talk about sometimes on on the Off the Edge podcast with character issues of domestic violence like those guys have gotten put back on the field, which is unfortunate when it comes to sports betting that the, the cost is a little bit more. And so I think being conscious of that for upcoming rookies is important. It's a dangerous game. Jake, what are your thoughts? No, I'm with you, Cam. Um, you know, I, I really, if I was a professional athlete, uh, done with my career or not, um, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not sniffing betting because it's those the outside narrative. It it may you know people will say this is rigged, this is rigged, this is rigged, right? Well, the best thing to do is just stay steer clear of it, uh, so you don't have that kind of you know that elephant in the room that you have to address down the road. And so I think that's important. Um, Miles Austin is another case where a former Dallas Cowboys receiver who was the receivers coach for the Jets loses his job due to this. Um, you know, and, and look, we can say all we want. I disagree. He should be allowed to bet on the NBA. Just don't do it, you know, around the NFL and, and you're good. But here's the the other thing. It, it's it's concerning to me, the decision-making behind this. Um, yeah, you could say Jamison Williams is a young kid and, you know, th- this is a mistake. He's been in the NFL for a year now. He's not a rookie, one. And two, the NFL just made an example out of Calvin Ridley. So the fact that this is happening after is just incredibly uh, concerning, I think, uh, from that standpoint. Sure, they'll they'll learn their lesson or whatever you want to say, but this shouldn't have happened. I mean, Calvin Ridley was enough. He missed the entire season last year, and apparently you took nothing away from that. (laughs) Yeah, Jake, it's brutal, I think. What's important is just financial literacy in general, right? Even for regular humans, financial literacy. And within that, I think gambling literacy is going to have to take place. You know, understanding how to balance, quote unquote, a checkbook. No one writes checks anymore like that, right? But understanding how to manage your finances. And then also when it comes to leveraging your finances, a lot of times players get into these NFL locker rooms and keep they want to keep up with the Joneses. They see one person betting or not even betting, but doing things with their money or whatever. And they're like, oh, I got to put my last check, you know, on this betting odd. And uh, peer pressure can get to you and different things like that. So just with this piece, I do believe it's going to be important for the NFL to have gambling literacy, I think, or just, you know, sessions every week. Like, hey, be aware of gambling. I know you just got paid last week. Be aware of gambling and just kind of push that among the players because, Jake, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like this is going to stop. You know, you got a stadium in Las Vegas. Super Bowl is going to be there next year, so this is only going to rear its head even more. And so, the NFL 
has to figure out how to get that message pushed upon their players or they're going to see more guys being disqualified. And that's that's not great. No, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad we touched on it. It is a serious subject. I know it's weird coming after, you know, promoting betting, I guess, uh, you know, coming after that line. But I, it, this isn't to say don't bet or don't gamble if you're, you know, just an everyday person. This is just talking from the athlete perspective. And I think yeah. it makes a lot of sense. And it, it's a responsible thing to, I think, discuss, especially with a former NFL player. And I like your response about it because it, it shows that, you know, you're looking at it, you're seeing it from the broader perspective, not, well, I can't do this. So I want to do it. It's like, no, no, no. It's just the, the elephant in the room that becomes a weird discussion now and you just don't want to be a part of it. So I totally agree. Uh, we move on because, well, you know, even though Jamison Williams isn't a rookie, we are talking about potential rookies uh, coming in and um, we're, we're picking back up where we left off yesterday. Uh, we did the, the quarterbacks running backs. So we did say we would do the wide receivers, um, but we ran out of time. So we're doing them today. We're doing the tight ends and hopefully the cornerbacks if we don't run out of time. So this is how it's so this is how it's going to go. Uh Cam, first sleeper of your wide receivers. Who do you, who do you got? So, I have the person by the name of Nathaniel Dell, but his real name is Tank Dell, Jake. <laughs> and I think we talked My about My man loves last. tanks over there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You put me in the military. No, but it just it, it seems like this draft class has a lot of tanks here, so it's really cool to see. I know there's a running back from Auburn, I believe, that's Tank. Um you got Tank uh, Dale here for for Houston. So he's my sleeper, Jake. I love his speed. I think that's one thing, just seeing the draft notes that you created and that we're working off here. Um, speed. I think that's one big thing. Speed kills. I think it's really important to have that on your team. He reminds me of our Tutu Outwell. We call it, uh, we do our Believe in Rams show. We call it Believe in Tutu because yeah. of his speed. He's, be able to, he's able to take the top off of defenders, really. And when coaches look at the next game, they're able to prepare. We want Tank to strike fear in their hearts to say, hey, we got to make sure our guys are backpedaling because if we don't, Tank's going to get on top of us. He's going to score a touchdown. Same thing with Tutu Atwell. Um, I have him down my notes as a game breaker with, with his speed. I think he can be effective on special teams, uh, punt return, kick return. And I know I say that a lot, uh, but what I, one thing I do want to express to the folks that are listening, when it comes to the draft, not everyone's going to be your every down starter. Guys who get drafted from the first round to the seventh round, they have to know how to play special teams because let's say there's someone that gets traded and now they're starting in front of them. Okay, how you can contribute to this team besides taking up space? you got to know how to play special teams. So every player that we go through in this draft, especially the sleepers, they're going to be some special team aces here. And so I do think Tank, he's one of the special team aces. Um, he can score touchdowns. He can, on the offensive side and also on the special team side, Tank Dell is my first wide receiver sleeper, Jake. I like it. Um, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different route while you're going with more of a, a shorter, speedier guy. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a bigger, taller receiver. A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Okay. Uh, watching the film, this guy is a dog. You know, we talked about it, uh, you know, yesterday when, you know, we were discussing prospects. He's got this extensive route tree that I was not expecting when I turned on the film. Uh, I do think it's funny that Wake Forest flat out lied about his height and said that he's six foot five. I always get a kick out <laughs> of that. Uh, but look, this guy does play like he's six foot five. You know, he goes up, he high points the football, he attacks the ball out of the air 
plucks it, doesn't wait for it to come to him, is going to go up and snatch the ball. Uh, he's got great agility as a route runner, which you love to see. He's able to box out defenders and high point the football. Uh, you know, to me, I feel like he does a good job of fighting through because there will be corners that try to tug on him. He can fight through that, Cam. He can fight through the tug in, the holding, uh, you know, other contact. He can make catches in traffic. Uh, you know, he ran a 4.47 at the combine. The, the elite speed doesn't show up on film. I'd say he's a little bit, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's as fast as the 4.47 he ran, but he had 20 eight receiving touchdowns in the last two seasons alone he is a red zone threat at the very least if this guy can't do anything and just you know whatever it doesn't translate to the nfl his red zone threat ability will day one and he can make guys miss in space he's not incredibly slippery but he can make guys miss he's got really you know really good catch radius he's just a at the end of the day he's a polished route runner um, that I think could be a day one deep threat. And if you're looking for you know some sort of comparison there, I would say he's a mixture. He's got like Brian Quick's speed with mm-hmm. Allen Robinson's ability to go up and make the jump ball. I like that. I like the the, the quick comparison there. I play with Quick uh, at the Rams, so uh, I like that comparison, that connection. Um, and then AT Perry, when I watched him on film, well, one thing that stuck out for me was he was a first down machine. A lot of times he's that reliable go-to receiver. Like, hey, if we need a first t- first down, we need somebody to get the football. Like, who we're gonna pass it to? And I think At is that guy. It was great watching him on film. You know, I'm an ACC guy, Syracuse guy, so we battle with West Virginia receivers. So much respect to them. Uh, one person. So our next um, our next sleeper for me would be a a burner here, right? Uh, four three eight forty. Um, Oklahoma guy, 40-inch vert, and that's Marvin Mims. Uh, one thing on our, on the notes uh, that, that you so gracefully um, added there was his ball tracking ability. I think one thing about him, he has a nasty catch. If someone just clicks up, click on his highlight tape, and you'll see one of the first plays against Texas Tech, he reaches over and like, snags the football on the on the defender's back and, and you know grabs it in. I'm like, hey, the fact that he had that on his highlight tape, we all want to see that. We all want to see that 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 woo that woo moment right and so <laughs> there you go there you go so the fact that he has it i love it um he's a 438 guy i do know that in the red zone if he's if he's catching the football on players backs in the middle of the field i can just only imagine what he's going to do in the red zone as well with that 40 inch vertical so marvin mims he's my other sleeper player um and what i do realize as well when i do watch this tape a lot of times he makes some of his best plays on the sideline right um, when it comes to the sideline, that can either be a defender's best friend because you can push the receiver out and and use that that sideline as your as support. But Mims kind of converts that, right? He says as a, as a receiver, I'm gonna use the sideline as my friend. I'm gonna make sure that I that I stem a cornerback kind of inside the field and then break my route out towards the sideline so I can make a catch and no one no one else can get it. So I love that big playability by him, Marvin Mims. He's my my second sleeper. I like Marvin Mims, you know, as a, as a Kansas Jayhawk fan, I've watched a lot of big 12 football and he, <laughs> he makes plays, man. He makes plays. No, no doubt about it. I, I like the pick and I knew exactly what play you were talking about even before, like, you know, you finished it. You're like, the, the, he just picks it up, yeah. you know? Uh, so 
so this guy I have uh, number two here, Michigan state, big 10 guy, Jaden Reed, uh, get familiar with his name because he's reminding me back when I went to the senior bowl, there were guys that were, you know, they were sleeping, um, on Terry McLaurin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I was really high on him when I was watching the tape going in the senior bowl. I'm like, this guy has a chance to be really good. And then the senior bowl, he blew up. Um, Jaden Reed has that same ability. I think maybe not as polished as uh, Terry McLaurin was uh, as a route runner, but he's a dynamic future starting receiver in the NFL. Um, He's got, you know, foot quickness to get off the line of scrimmage. Um, He's going to be a problem for most cornerbacks. If you try to press him, he's going to be too fast to press essentially too quick to press. Um, Very good speed. You know, it's going to work all three spots all over the field as a receiver. Um, very strong hands. You know, you watch this guy, he gets the, the end zone fade, you know, with contact is able to haul it in, get two feet in bounds and then survive the ground. You love to see that. That's something that's going to be important and translate to the next level. Um, you know, he can surprisingly adjust well. Uh, you know, with his body uh, to catch balls outside of his frame. He's not a big guy either. You know, he's more of like a, a 5, 10, 5, 11 receiver, but he does a really nice job with that. He's got returnability, you know, so you're constantly adding value as a prospect. It's almost like a resume. He's got that. Um, you know, I thought he was a much better outside receiver and deep ball guy than I was expecting. Um, kind of going into it, you know, I think what needs to be said is that, you know, not that size doesn't matter anymore, but look at the best receivers in the league right now. I mean, there are still guys that are 5'10", 5'11", that are making teams pay. Um, and I think that just goes to show you, you know, uh, he's a three-year starter at Michigan State. You know, he had a down year in 2022, and that's something I think will cause him to fall a little bit. But Man, I'm really impressed with his ability to block. I mean, I thought, you know, seeing a smaller guy, maybe he won't be as good. He'll have, you know, the fire. Those smaller guys typically have the fire uh, to block, but he's got the work ethic to make it work. And then I think at the end of the day with the right development, you're looking at a starting wide receiver um, that can play in the slot, can play on the outside, that can win on, you know, those deep balls. I'm not worried about separation because I think he can separate, but even when he doesn't, he's able to haul in a contested catch. Yeah, Jaden Reed, I, I like him as well, right? I have on my notes here, utility guy. You know, you can bring him out around on the reverse, on a sweep. Um, you mentioned his ability on special teams, return guy. Those those type of players can be super dynamic when it comes to an offense uh, of scheme because they can, they can know where the spaces are. So, for an example, we talk about our guy Brandon Powell, uh, who played for the Rams. I know we do the Believe in Rams podcast, and so we refer to these players a lot, but – I can just see when Brandon Powell, when he's able to get a reverse and then run the ball in, be, in between the line of scrimmage, he's able to find those gaps. And I can see, I can see Jaden Reed doing the same thing. So great returnability, great utility guy. Um, is going to love to see him at the next level. Um, this next person that I, that I have here for one of my sleepers is coming out of Tennessee. So he has a great quarterback to throw him the ball. Uh, this receiver, um, uh, he, what he exceeded a uh, thousand yards at, at Tennessee the first time since Justin Hunter. So I think that's a big deal to be in the SEC and be able to um, break some records uh, at your school or surpass some records is is important. Um, this this young man unfortunately got hurt, and so that that affected his journey a little bit. I know in 2021 he was set to blow up, but Cedric, Cedric Tillman um, coming out of Tennessee, uh, he's my sleeper there. He, he's a beast. I think I have him down here as a red zone threat. Um, he's someone that can go up and go get that football. I, I like to see him there. Um, and he comes from a legacy. I think we talked about this in our last show, but 
just when guys are coming from legacy programs, you trust them a little bit more. There's just a trust factor there, right? Um, and we just talked about just now about guys sports betting in the locker room or doing different things on their old time. Guys that come from great programs, you can just trust that they're doing the right thing when you're not looking, you know? Um, and so that helps you sleep at night. That that stops you from being on the ticker ta- on the ticker tape, right, Jake? And so um, I would talk about, lead- be, you know, guys having that captain on their shirt. It shows up. It's, it's extremely important. And so Cedric Tillman um, coming out of Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, a uh, powerhouse high school. Um, and like I said, his dad being drafted to the Titans. He, he's he's expected to be great, right, Jake? He's expected expected not to be in on the ticker tape and in the news. And unfortunately, some guys do it, and they, you know they lead a great career. But all the thing, all these things matter, and all of the, these things do add up. And so, like I said, I got Cedric Tillman, a, a big body receiver, um, coming out of Tennessee um, and serving as a red zone threat. Jake, what, what are your thoughts on Cedric? I like Cedric, and, and you know. I, I think the term for him, because there's a guy, he might end up being my number one receiver in this draft and Jalen Hyatt uh, ahead of him. Right. And I feel like the term that people use in the, uh, you know, the scouting community now is shadow sleeper um, where you're not just a sleeper. You're a guy that has somebody that is, you know, hogging the spotlight mm-hmm. and with, you know, Jalen Hyatt, he does that, you know, and so I, I agree with you. I think he is a sleeper. I think he's somebody that, you know, definitely you you look at. And obviously you could say, okay, well, you know, he had Hendon Hooker, but there's more to it than that. I think he definitely deserves more credit than he's getting. Um, where does he go? Where do any of these guys go? I think they're we're all kind of looking in the same second to, to fourth round. I think all, you know, between the second and fourth round, I think all these guys, um, you can have a sleeper in the second round. You can. I mean, yeah. it's absolutely possible. If people aren't talking about him enough and then he just shows up in the second round, well, there you go. We weren't talking about him. We were sleeping on him. There, yeah. <laughs> there's and, the sleeper. And think about uh, Cooper Cup, right? Like anybody yeah. that, that doesn't go in the first round, I, I just count them as sleepers because they didn't go in the first round. They weren't the first pick. And so a team has slept on these guys and we'll count undrafted free agents as well as sleepers. So it, it's a big range here. Yes. If you put deep in front of sleeper, that's when we're talking about day three late round guys. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a day three guy. Who knows? But um, <clears throat> this next guy, I don't know where he's going to go, but kind of to the point you're making, uh, you know, with Cooper Cup, that's kind of what I see in Charlie Jones. Um, I'm not saying he's Cooper Cup or Jarvis Landry or Hunter Renfro, but I'm saying that in my make believe team that I own, I'm pounding the table to make sure this guy's on my roster, just like I would for Jarvis Landry, just like I would for Cooper Cup and Hunter Renfro. Um, Charlie Jones, arguably the best player, uh, best wide receiver in college this past year. Uh, He led the FBS in receptions. He had 110 of them, 12 touchdowns, 1,300 yards. Kind of came out of nowhere, and that's been kind (laughs) of used against him a little bit. Um, He's got, you know, serious 4-4 speed. It shows up on tape. Uh, really good for the position. I don't have to tell you that um, the explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. He can pretty much beat anybody. In my opinion, um, he's quick as he is fast. I, I know a lot of times, you know, you see a, a smaller guy, 5'11", 170 pounds, like, you know, Charlie Jones, and you hear quicker than fast. No, no, no. His quickness and his speed equal, which is great. Um, you know, very perce- uh, precise route runner. He, you know, he's going to give it all every rep. And, and that's something I see on tape. 
He's got the ability to track the deep ball, which is something those slot receivers lack normally. Uh, but he's a really good tracker downfield. He has return ability, uh, which is something, you know, again, you talk about the resume offering something day one for an NFL team. His vision when he gets the ball in his hands is very good. You know, he can make guys miss. He sees cuts before they happen, things like that. Um, he can find the soft zone, uh, a soft spot in the zone and sit there and be comfortable there. And, you know, if it's a big hit that he's going to take, he's going to hang on to the football. He's got vice grip hands um, to go with the great ball skills. I think, you know, he already has besides the the lesser frame, if you will. Um, but, you know, I think when I watch him, the questions about his production uh, are definitely fair because I think going back to 2022, uh, you know, this past year, like I mentioned, it was out of nowhere. He's transferred three times. He's never had a season like that, and it just happened. Maybe it was a great fit, you know, and that's that's something teams might question. Like, okay, was this the perfect fit? You don't get to choose who you go to in the draft. So, like, where, you know, where's this going to be? Um, he's a willing blocker, though. And, I you know, I already said that. I love the 5'11 guy that's willing to stick his face in the fan, is willing to put himself in harm's way. Um, he can line up on the outside. He can line up on the inside. And overall, you know, I think he's just one of those guys where you pick him because you know he's just going to work at the next level. You know, he might not be the best receiver in the league. He might not have this. He might not have that. If you're nitpicking, whatever, but I'm not betting against Charlie Jones out of Purdue. I'm just not doing it. I like that, Jake. And one person that Charlie reminds me of just watching his tape, you know, you mentioned with the returnability, someone that can, you know, be a Swiss Army knife for a football team. Um, seeing him transfer from Buffalo, right? He's coming from upstate New York. Like I said, you live there. You know what that's like going to Purdue. And so he's able to go from team to team and eventually find success. And in the NFL, that's going to be the same way. But he reminds me of a Justin Watson a bit. Um, Justin Watson coming out of the Chiefs. You know, I played with Justin. Justin's a Harvard guy, very trusted guy. He played for the Buccaneers and then went to the Chiefs, like I said, and won a Super Bowl. And so, you know, guys like Charlie, these are guys that you can rely on. Guys like Justin, these are players that you can rely on to be where they need to be um, and be productive. Also, like like I said, for Justin Watson, he played a little bit of special teams. You know, seeing him return punts in a football game, I'm like, wait, Justin? Like, why is he out there? But, you know, he's a sure-handed player. He's fast. He can run. It might not look like he's fast, but he can blow past some people. And I do believe Charlie Jones will, will serve um, similar to that. So I love that pick. Charlie Jones is someone that you want on your team, someone reliable and uh, can get the job done. So I like that a lot, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think we're we're moving on to tight ends. Who you got? Yeah, so tight ends. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting about this. Um, as you as you can see, we're going from wide receivers to tight ends, and then cornerbacks who who are going to cover these guys. But for tight ends here, I got a I got a guy who's uh, pretty crafty uh, from a school that's uh, that's not as popular, but out of South South Dakota State. Um, I, I got see what Tucker. you did there. You, yeah, you like that. I got Tucker Craft here. He's uh, 6'5", 245, and ran a four six forty. So you know, any tight end that can move like that can cause some matchup issues when it comes to linebackers and safeties there. So, and I did talk about crafty, right? A lot of times you'll see on this tape where he's giving the ball on these shovel passes. So you think about your Travis Kelsey, where, you know, he's acting like, acting like he's blocking the red zone and then he flips around towards the center and catches the ball and runs it in, you know, for a touchdown or, you know, Patrick Mahomes is rolling out to his right and then flips it to Travis Kelsey. Craft is used in these crafty ways as well through South Dakota State. So, you know, he's you'll see on the tape as well for South Dakota State. They're playing in the snow 
and it, it looks miserable, Jake, but the fact that his team has the faith in him to get him the football at our points, you know, I think that that speaks a lot. Um, they even line him up as a wild, wildcat quarterback. So to give him that trust, like I said, I'm not going to compare him to your Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey, when it comes to the offensive playbook, they trust him to take that wildcat quarterback snap. They, they trust him to, to find that shovel pass amongst a whole bunch of defensive bodies. And so Tucker Craft, I really like him. He's great in the screen game. Um, he's great in catching the ball down the seam. I, I have him as my sleeper, Jake. And like I said, he runs a 4-6-40. So he's going to cause some some matchup issues when it comes to defenders. And, uh, yeah, crafty craft. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so I actually compared him to uh, a guy that actually played there, Dallas Goddard. I, mm-hmm. I think he's very similar. Goddard is now a top 10 tight end in the league. I, I think, you know, there's no reason why Kraft can't get there in time. So I like the pick. Um this this one's a deep sleeper, depending okay. on where you where you look at him. Uh, he shouldn't be because he played at Clemson. Davis Allen, mm. um, he I, I I love this guy. I mean, yeah. I, I was watching the tape with him, and <clears throat> I think he's got the potential to start in the NFL. <clears throat> he's got elite ball skills for the tight end position. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's going to track the ball and he's going to attack it out of the air. That's something that I really like. Um, he's got, you know, good six foot five, two sixty. He's got like, he looks the part, right? Well, he uses that size. It's not just a novelty cam. He uses that size and boxes out defenders, which he loved to see. He's got the ability to adjust and haul in passes outside of his large catch radius, which by the way, is very large. Um, so that's something you love to see. Captain Cam's going to like this. He was a senior captain, a true leader on the field. They talk about, you know, you, you look it up and, you know, you go through like, just to see, get, get a feel for what his teammates maybe thought of him and, you know, things out there, quotes. And clearly he was just a high character guy, you know, work, you know, hard worker, all of that. Uh, so that's something there. He's a much better blocker in the run game than giving credit for. I see way too many people saying this guy is just receiving threat. He's not. You know, he can he can work as a blocker. And I think that's the thing that might be pushing him down the board a little bit. Um, and I think NFL teams will see right through that. But, you know, for analysts out there, that's probably a big issue for him. His pass protection effort is there. He's just not good enough to feel comfortable throwing him in into those situations. But him as a run blocker, I definitely like. He can be flexed out uh, wide. He can be put in the slot. Uh, he can be used in line. You talk about him in bunches formation. I think is the best way to use him right off the rip, get him comfortable. Um, he has the ability to make plays after the catch, whether he's got the power to break tackles or, you know, he even has some ability to, you know, slip tackles and whatnot. Um, his speed testing wasn't great. Another reason why I think he'll fall down the board a little bit cam, but uh, I believe you get a faster player on tape. You know, we talked about with AT Perry. I think he ran faster than he does on tape. Well, it's the opposite here. I I think Davis is faster on tape than he is, you know, testing wise. And that's fine. Uh, His release is really good off the line of scrimmage. He ran a 1.59 10 yard split. So overall, uh, you know, I think Davis Allen is a slept on tight end, uh, should be considered a day two talent without question. And while maybe he doesn't start right away because this is one of the hardest positions to start as a rookie, he 100% should start down the road if given the opportunity and the NFL level coaching. Yep. I like Davis Allen. Uh, one comp that I have for him is someone that I play with in the Buccaneers. And you just mentioned this, right? A lot of times the scouts and the people who watch the draft talk about blocking. He's not a great 
blocker X, Y, and Z. You mentioned, though, he picked up his blocking, but Cam Brake. He reminds me of Cam Brake, the way he goes up and high points that football. I um, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just sometimes when it comes to different tight ends, like, hey, does he want to block? Like, is he willing to block? And I do believe that for Davis Allen, he's more willing to go up and catch that football. Like you said, you'll see on the tape here when he's going out and catching the ball beyond his radius. You know, he almost looks like a tight end, a more of like a receiver that put on some weight and now is playing tight end. So um, he's very, very effective in the past game. And Cam Brate, he's Cam Brate got paid a couple of years ago, right? And so I can see if Davis Allen falls down the draft a little bit because of his speed, then he can pick that up a little bit later. So I really like Davis Allen. Um, and I have here too, he was the defensive player of the year in, in Georgia, right? So the fact that he played defense, uh, it, it shows that he has some grit as well. That means he can play some special teams. Exactly. And go tackle some people if he needs to. So um, it's really cool to see an athlete like that. He's an overall athlete. That's what I'll, I'll say about Davis Allen there. Um, yeah. And just, uh, before real quick, before you dive into yours, I just wanted to say I actually comped him to uh, Jordan Cameron, who I felt was a really good tight end that people are going to forget about as time goes on. But the guy, you know, had success in Cleveland. And if it weren't for concussions, I think we, you know, we'd still talk about him a little bit more. Yep, yep, Yeah. The, it's the injuries, man. Uh, we talk about player safety all the time. Like you got to be available to to play this game and to be successful. And if not, it's just. It's just the, the matter of the fact, you know, so um, guys staying healthy, that's extremely important. And yeah, <laughs> you got to be available, ready to go. Um, and so now I know we're, we're, we're rolling here a little bit. Um, my next sleeper here, it's it's more it's kind of opposite of your Davis Allen. He's not like a go up and and catch the football and go snag it, but is more of a blocker. Um, and I want to show him some love. So uh, I have here Noah Gindorf. He's a uh, six, six. 263 he's more of your road grader right like if you need someone to go in to block this is your guy right uh, when it comes to his hands and his ability to catch he can get that done but you kind of want to bring this guy in if you want to block and you want to move some people move some bodies um one thing i do realize you think about your mercedes lewis's right mercedes is athletic he can catch the football you know your gronk these are all time you know tight ends but one thing i do know is that these guys can really block and that's the that's essential for the tight end position. So you can always have your, a guy like Noah Gendorf to come in and block and move people around. Then you can have your guys like Davis Allen, who's your offline tight end to go in and catch the football. So what I like about, about Noah, um, I have here in big capital letters, blocker. <laughs> this guy is a road grader. He moves people and you know, sometimes in the scout report, it's like, oh, this guy looks like a like an offensive lineman. So, you know, Noah is more of like an offensive lineman who has lost weight and can play tight end and run some routes. But just the way he had his, the way his anchor is set up, um, his base is is super strong. And like I said, he he can be counted as offensive lineman. I know offensive line coaches love this, so I'm sure he's they're going to be stealing him from the tight end room so they can put him in goal line situations and have him doing different things. I know he's injury prone. So that's one issue about him. But Noah Gendorf, he's my sleeper as a uh, as a big blocker in the NFL. You know, it's funny. I'm starting to think you like Dakota a little bit. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm showing love to the to the to the folks in you know different places, Jake. We don't really see many people in the South Dakotas and the North Dakotas, so yeah. I just got to show a little love when I can. We've been showing a lot of love. I mean, even going back to the Trey Lance piece, you know, I mean, I, I think we're They got to be fans of us by now, right? Yeah, it's a, it's the sleeper section, man. You got to show love to the sleepers out here. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, 
my next one here is a big 10 uh tight end who i depending on who you talk to um you know he's a sleeper i, I would say i think he is it's luke schoonmaker from michigan i don't know <clears throat> what <clears throat> excuse me i don't know what jim harbaugh was thinking not using him more he's not on the field enough and when he's on the field he's the best tight end by far that they have a very good athlete you know he's a guy a uh, very solid receiving tight end um you know can get flexed out can play in line can play in the slot um really good in pass pro which is something you don't always see more so better in the run blocking area which he can still work in but I really liked his reps and pass protection, albeit there's not a ton. Um, You know, I don't think he was used enough, period. I think he should flourish in the NFL. I think he'll be a better player in the NFL because of it. He's just a very smooth player altogether. Um, You know, really a no-nonsense blocker. He's going to take anybody head on. Um, Good example of this is the Iowa linebacker, whose name is totally escaping me, comes right up the gap, Mm -hmm. and he just does not care takes him on dead on it's like a car crash Mm. you know he he is that guy um i think his biggest weakness are the extra things right the the ball skills which you'd like ball skills out of a tight end but you don't need you know jump out of the gym verticality you don't need any of that you don't need it you'd like it but you don't need it uh yards after the catchability you don't need it right you need it to be a starter, I would say, but he can develop that over time. I think he's got a chance to lead a tight end room uh, as a starter in the next few years. But, you know, as far as his age being 25 and, you know, nitpicking him, I think he's a sleeper. I think he's better than people give him credit for. Yeah, Shoemaker. No, I knew you were going to pick him, Jake. Uh, you, like you said, his, he's, he has great size. He has decent speed running the 4.63. Um, having him as tight end number two, um, he could do everything well. I think when you think about, for example, you think about picking like one of your favorite, your, your character to play a video game, you look at their stats and like, he's that guy that kind of can do everything at, a, at an elite clip. And, and you mentioned it. He's in a, he's going to succeed better at the NFL than he did in college. I believe so. He, he looks like a professional. When you see him out there, just the way he carries himself, he, he carries himself as a professional. Um, I can see him being that tight end number two, like I said, coming in on a goal line or something like that, motioning in, going to the backfield and, and isolating on linebackers and doing different things like that. He's a great blocker. He's an NFL. He's a, an elite blocker. And I think that's going to carry out well when it comes to the NFL. At the end of the day, we talked about this in football. You got to run the ball first and then you pass it. You got to set up the run game. And I'm confident that he's going to be do well. He's going to do well in the run game. A guy like Davis Allen is like, ooh, let's put Shoemaker in there to block, right? And so he has that covered. And then the pass game, he's not as great as an Allen in the pass game, but he can spot up, catch the football, convert you a first down, score a touchdown, and you call it a day, you move on. So he's going to be a great professional. I think he's balanced all around. Um, and Jake, I know we're, we're running out of time here, man. It feels like it happens every time. I know we want to get to the cornerbacks, but uh, my last sleeper here uh, is coming out of Cincinnati. Uh, he's an all-time touchdown leader for tight ends at Cincinnati, which is impressive, uh, knowing that uh, Travis Kelsey went there as well. But I got Josh Josh Wiley, Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, he ran a 4640, 6'6", like I said, 248. Um, he's going to be a great receiving threat as well. So similar to your Davis, your Davis <laughs> Allen, he's going to catch the football. He's going to be someone that's great in that game as well. Um, one, one note I have here as well is that he adjusts, he adjusts well when the ball is thrown behind him, right? And so a lot of times when – 
tight ends are going up, uh, going up against safeties or, or linebackers. The speed and the separation is is not too different there, right? It's, it's pretty close. And so uh, when I say he catches the ball well behind him, is is the quarterback wants to throw a back back shoulder throw, and he's in phase with the defender. He's able to sink back and and catch that football and and, and be productive. So I like him as my sleeper, uh, JQ. He'll he'll be actually my my second best sleeper uh, behind Mr. Kraft out of South Dakota State. But I got Josh Wiley there. How about you? What are your thoughts? I, I like him. I think he just missed Desmond Ritter this past year. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think when I watch the tape. Um, very interesting. Anytime you talk about a tight end from Cincinnati, I know everyone's mind goes to Travis Kelsey, but um, he is his own player. You know, I, I like him. I think he'll probably be in my top 10 for tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not sure where he falls yet, but I do like him. My next guy played at uh, Alabama. He is a big name in college ball but i think when you look at you know the pros and and scouting i think he's being a little slept on it's cameron latu uh, a guy that you know was yeah (laughs) great name uh you know a guy that i think you look at bryce young he kind of leaned on him a little bit safety net things like that uh stout in the run game able to climb the second level wants to be that convoy you know really takes on that role Um, but he's a balanced tight end at the end of the day you know he can make you pay as a blocker or in the receiving game. I don't think he's, you know, an incredible athlete, but he's good enough, finds the soft spot in the zone and can kind of sit there and, you know, take a, a hit, you know, hang on to the ball. Um, he's one of the highest graded uh, test takers in the cognitive test for the draft cycle. So, you know, this guy's really smart. Um, you know, I think just playing in big games with him, uh, you know, the production on tape, you know, to me, I think he has what it takes to start in the NFL someday. And it, it might take the end of his rookie contract, but uh, he's a good player. And I don't think he's getting talked about enough. Yeah, I like him as well. And, and you mentioned it, right? He has a great quarterback to throw the ball to him. Um, he's a smart guy. He's coming from Alabama. And we talked about just the institutions you come from. When you come from Alabama, you're ready to take that next step and play right away. And so um, I, I love him as well. I love him compared to like a Davis Allen where these guys are looking to catch the ball first, right? He's going to be a matchup issue, a match matchup night, nightmare for linebackers and safety. So one thing I have about him is that he's able to change his speeds really well. So like I said, if you're in phase as a tight end with a linebacker or safety, he's able to change his speeds up a little bit where you think he's there, you turn your head back and you, you're like, oh, I got him, I got him. You look at the quarterback and then he's gone. So um, like I said, with the experience he's, he has, um, and just the, the the prestige he comes from, um, I would like him as well to to be a sleeper. And so, Jake, I said, I, like I said, I know um, we got about about six to seven minutes here. Uh, we want to get you all some of our other sleepers, um, especially in the cornerback space. Um, Jake, I, <laughs> I talk about every time on our show. You know, I'm a Syracuse guy, so I'm gonna go with Syracuse guys here. I'm a little bit biased. It's all right because it's our show. You're not biased, Cam. I would have gone with him, but I wanted to give him to you because he's that good. Respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, Garrett Williams out of Syracuse. He's a captain as well. So Captain Cam, Captain Garrett, Captain Garrett. There's not many times where receiver, I mean, sorry, defensive backs are are chosen as captains. So you must be. Um, a, a force and a presence within your locker room um, on and off the field. So good, good for him. Um, I have here, Jake, via PPF, he had no penalties over the past two seasons. Now that's, that's insane, right? Like, we don't have to talk about anything else. Just the fact that he's that disciplined as a defensive back, like that's, that's mind blowing. It should be graded as high as he's graded. And another thing too, he's, he's, he wants to come up and tackle the football. That's, 
that's all you could ask for in a cornerback, Jake. And, and one thing I do know, Absolutely. I want to I want to double down on this, the fact that he had no penalties in the last two years. That means his feet were always in a great position. That, that means he has fast feet. That means he has controlled feet. His hands are always in a great position. So whenever he's attacking the football or he's battling with the receiver, his hands are, in, are always in great position. And then his eyes and his mind, they're always in great spots, right? Like if you don't draw a flag, that means your mind, that means you're ahead of the play. And so I want that. If I'm a coach, I want that. You'll get some corners who are going to draw flags and can cost you a deep ball, 80-yard deep ball, because, you know, you're not disciplined enough. And so those flags can either win or win you games or lose you games, or they can win you championships or cost you championships, Jake. So I want that in a player. I want that in a cornerback. And um, one thing, like I said, he comes up and makes tackles. I mean, my man, you'll see his highlight tape where he's attacking bubble screens. He's making TFLs. Like, he's next level. And then you talk about on the pass game, he leads the ACC with 10 pass breakups. So that means he's aggressive, but he's not drawing flags. I'm all in on Gary Williams. I am too. I mean, very disciplined guy, uh, you know, kind of sticks to guys, hip pockets. He's not the fastest corner ever. He is coming off an ACL, but none of that bothers me. I think he's definitely a day two prospect uh, for sure. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him. I knew you were going to, so that's why I didn't put him in here, but I'm going to go. Uh, we'll go rapid fire. I'll, I'll go. Makai um, Blackman out of USC. Um, I think he's being slept on in this draft. I, to me, I, I don't get it. I mean, I guess playing in Alex Grinch's defense and just, you know, they have all that, you know, I don't want to say all that talent, but the, uh, Alex Grinch is not doing a good enough job as the defense coordinator at USC. And I think it's really hurt uh, Makai Blackman. It's hurt your guy Tooley, who you brought up on the Believe in Rams uh, show. You know, I just think at the end of the day, these guys are going to go lower than they should because, you know, their defense hasn't looked that great around them, right? Uh, but, you know, really good athlete, fluid hit instincts on the boundary very good against the run um you're talking about to me a day two prospect that'll probably go beginning of day three but that's makai blackman next up i have cornerback terrell smith out of minnesota i think when you look at you know terrell smith the sleeper corner you gotta know um you know he's not getting talked about enough either he's got the body kind of like uh if you remember fabian moreau coming out um you know he kind of reminds me of that type of uh you know the the filled out body kind of a running back look but you know can play with that 4-4 speed um you know with the right coaching i think he's going to be an absolute stud i think the issue with him is that he tends to lose track of the ball once it's in the air it gets a little grabby gets panicky and things like that just needs to stick with his technique more i think he he doesn't really give himself enough credit and then lastly um before i send it back over to you riley moss out of iowa outside corner i think can develop into a starter everyone's saying switch to safety i could not disagree more very good athlete great ball skills had 11 interceptions in college cam his footwork can be better don't get me wrong but he's a willing run defender um he's a little erratic as a tackler like will come in like a, a bat out of hell uh but you know as far as looking at you know kind of a sleeper guy that's not being talked about guy that people are saying needs to switch positions i think riley riley moss makes a lot of sense um and a guy that i think can be that true boundary corner at the next level i like riley moss jake i have him my notes here um i want him on my team uh just the way he goes up yeah flat out like i want him on my team the way he goes up and gets footballs a lot of times as a defender he goes up and chases football like he's the receiver like the quarterback yeah. is actually throwing to him right he has that ball hawk ability and and i like it right you want to see that when you're when you're sitting on the sideline as an offense like oh snap are we gonna get the ball back because we know riley's out there so 
you know, just the way he plays. So I have him as a four or five, 39 inch vert. Um, and like I said, I want him on my team. He wants to come up and make plays. You mentioned a little erratic in the tackling game. Sometimes you like that, right? Sometimes you want guys to come take shots. Um, going up back to your, your Terrell Smith there. Um, I, I got him that right here as a four, four guy. You always want to see that he's from Snellville, Georgia, went to South Gwinnett. I went to Brookwood high school down the street. Um, if people don't know who South Gwinnett is, you think about Lou will, Lou will play basketball there. So, um, I like a Terrell Smith and then going back to your Makai Blackman, I, I put on my nose, Jake swag on a hundred. I love his swag. I love the way he plays. And, you know, when it comes to swag, like you got to play like a Deion Sanders, you got to talk smack. You got to, you got to be able to see it and feel it on tape. So I really like seeing him play. Um, and then my, my sleepers before we do break here, Jake, I got Jalen Jones coming out of Texas, Texas A&M six, two big guy. Um, he ran a four five, um, but 38 inch vert. So really powerful looking to punish people. And like I said, he's a, a big body. Uh, he has a dreads rocking, so I know he's going to inflict, <laughs> inflict some pain there. And then lastly, I got Jacorian Bennett um, coming out of Maryland. I mean, my man had a 40-inch vert, 11-1 um, broad jump, ran a full three. You can't beat that. I, I, his comp for me is a Ryan Smith. I play with Ryan at the Buccaneers. Um, I know Jacorian has, had a blocked field goal, so it was really cool to see that. But th those are my sleepers um, when it comes to the NFL draft, Jake, the cornerback. Yeah, I, I like all of them. Um, we're going to be heading out of here before we do. We always got to end it the right way. Happy birthday to Dallas Cowboys legendary quarterback, Tony Romo. He turns 43 today. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, uh, played all 13 years with the Cowboys, a UDFA yeah. out of Eastern Illinois. He started 127 games, 34,000 plus yards, passing 248 touchdowns, 65.3 completion percentage. He averaged 7.9 yards per attempt and uh, he had a 97.1 pass rating with 24 comebacks and 29 game winning drives Mr. Romo doesn't get enough credit he should he's definitely getting it now as an announcer but he doesn't get enough credit as a player I've always you know had a lot of respect for him Jake he might be a better broadcast than he was player or he's gonna make more money broadcasting than he probably <laughs> did playing football so uh, congrats to him happy birthday Tony Romo and yeah best of luck in that next career Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, this has been episode five of off the edge. Uh, tune in next Monday and uh, we'll have episode six. Take care guys. And thanks again to betonline.ag. Later folks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.